Welcome back to the Tree Takes Podcast. I am your host, Austin, along with my wonderful co-hosts, Connor and Billy. Howdy. What's up, guys? Well, I was right. Uh, I exactly predicted the NBA Finals. If you didn't catch last week's episode, I said Nuggets in five, Heat win game two. Um, I wish I would have bet money on that. I probably could have made some some good cash if I did. But uh, nonetheless, it was a series of basketball. It wasn't necessarily a good one. Uh, it just kind of was exactly what we expected, although it was fun watching Nikola Jokic just ball out because, um, I mean, that dude's special, uh, and I hope he gets to go back and see his horses soon. <laughs> he apparently <laughs> yeah. he does not like playing basketball that much and just wants to go home. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to get back home. Yeah, I've seen interviews with like former teammates of his. I know one recently I saw was Isaiah Thomas. And he just mentioned how Jokic in the locker room during halftime would just be like playing on his phone, like playing like Clash of Clans or something. And IT said, you know, basically the dude doesn't really love basketball. He just plays because he's good at it and can make a lot of money. So, I mean, if the dude is just that good and just plays for the money, then He's got a championship now too, and a couple MVPs and a uh, Finals MVP. So, yeah, and he's only twenty eight. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's older, but is he at this point the number one alt? Like the Nuggets aren't that like a historic of a franchise. I think they've been around about fifty years or like forty six years or something like that. And this was their first championship. I mean, when you think of like your Mount Rushmore of Nuggets, like what are they? You got to mention Dikembe, mm-hmm. um, Mello, obviously, Jokic for sure, and then that fourth spot. I mean, I think you just throw like Dino Nuggies or like Chicken McNuggets or something on there as the fourth <laughs> one. As like all time Nugget, like yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Chicken McNuggets on that list, and 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 honestly, Dino Nuggies, both elite. I would throw J.R. Smith on there just for that one dunk he had where we just saw a man fly came from. <laughs> yeah. J.R. Smith on there. Hey, I played on the uh yeah, yeah. Nuggets he did play on the Nuggets, but like when you look at yeah. when you look at their like all-time scoring leader, uh I mean Jokic is gonna be on top of that soon, I think. Not already like yeah, if he's not already. You also got uh Birdman. He played there early in his Andre career. Miller. Andre Miller, yeah. Aaron Aflalo. Chauncey Billups. Billups played there, yeah. Uh, who else? They have, they've had a lot of European dudes come through, too. Um, Danilo Gallinari. I know I've seen a couple 90s players pop up recently, but I don't know them. I mean, yeah, I consider Jamal Murray up there, too. Yeah, at this point, I guess yeah. so. Just looking through the this, name, the, um, uh, the Ooh, name that Thompson. pops, the name that pops up, yeah, shout out David Thompson. That's a good one. Uh, but Alex English, actually, yeah, yeah. Alex English probably makes it onto that that list. I don't know who the hell Dan Isel or Isel is, but he played seven hundred and eighteen games for the Nuggets, averaging twenty point four points per game in that stretch of. Yeah. 700 games like and almost eight 7.9 boards plus a steal like hold on who the hell is this guy i've never heard of him in my life and he looks like he's he played from 75 to 85 yeah but like i know old basketball pretty well have you ever heard of this guy billy i've heard the name uh most recently when the nuggets have been blown up on social media um never looked at him though yeah I didn't know Fat Lever. I, I, I didn't know. I forgot that Fat Lever was a Nugget. Dang, he's number nine on the all-time ABA NBA scoring list. Apparently, Dan twenty-seven thousand points. Yeah, Holy shit. <laughs> Damn, I'm uh, we sorry. Learn something new sorry. every day. <laughs> sorry for the yeah. mi- disrespect, Mister Easel. Is he alive? I need We're to like write him. Man, Easel, is he doing? He's 74 years old. We should have him on. He was an announcer for a while for the Nuggets. I guess so, yeah. 
He was drafted. He was drafted Holland in the eighth round of the NBA draft. Could you imagine (laughs) if the NBA draft was that long still? I'm shocked they hadn't just gone the one round at this point. Hey, Jokic was the second to last pick in his draft. Second round. Well, like you look at any other sport. I mean, baseball specifically, with how long your draft is, if someone's drafted in the second round, that's like massive pedigree. Right. In baseball. And if you're drafted yeah. in the second round of the NFL, that's like, hey, man, this guy's a second round draft pick. Like, this is a good player. Yeah. And then in the NBA, they're like, well, he was a second round draft pick. He's not even supposed to be in the league. <laughs> Dude, even like the 20 through 30 picks in the NBA, like, I know. Yeah. Rarely like, pan out. It's, it's, it's crazy. It is a very very different league from nfl or baseball and the the, and i mean i guess because rookies make a pretty big impact in the in the nba oh absolutely um more so i would say than a lot of other sports i mean now granted they have their impacts but i feel like to a larger degree rookies are more impactful to an nba team so would you sports yeah, but like football also, like rookies make a lot of impact on, and that's a a big port like a big contributor to that is that in the NFL you have to have been uh you know playing college for three years, like yeah, versus NBA you can come out after your first year. So I guess in the terms of like all the NFL players are just a little bit more mature, a little bit more ready, but there's, there's a lot of twenty two spots on an NFL field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess, you know, the NFL is just like, I mean, basketball is just such a different sport because it can just be so dominated by one or two players. And yeah. I mean, the nut, I mean, both these teams are kind of prime examples of that, more so than Nuggets with uh, Jokic just like dominating and then, you know, having Murray, you know, as a, go-to second man is obviously super nice because he is a very good player in his own right and when you look at what aaron gordon was able to do you know he's obviously a, a huge contributor to that team michael porter jr stepped up when yeah he yeah, to. yeah. I, I think that was one of the big differences is that the nuggets role players stepped up a lot more too than the heat role players like you look at um caleb martin uh, Duncan Robinson had a few moments, but wasn't nearly as impactful as he needed to be. Um, who's the other guy on the? I mean, heat? Kevin Love didn't do too much. Well, Kevin Love, I don't think was expected to do too much. Bam had a good yeah. series, I thought. Um, at least yeah, Bam played well. Jimmy really disappeared a lot when they really needed him. Called him the Avatar. You know, he just <laughs> vanished when his team needed him. Um, I mean, they were able to focus entirely on him, really. Yeah, but, I mean, he, you go f- game five, two scoreless quarters, you know. Yeah. When you don't have the best role players around you, you know, the other guys are Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Bam, you know. Bam, you know, getting guarded and, and having to play solid defense up and down the court against Jokic is going to drain him, you know. Right. So, I just think Miami needs – some more pieces. I saw they released the way too early power rankings today, and I think they had the Heat at three, right behind the Nuggets and Celtics. I don't think they should be that high. Yeah, no, definitely not. I think definitely the Bucks are ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that the Sixers, if they can keep on, they can keep James Harden. They got a case to be ahead of them. This is just the East. Um, you know, the Cavs have a really good young core. They just need, you know, a few additional pieces, a little more maturing out of that team. And, you know, Tyler Hero, there's some guys that could be on the trade block for Miami. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. I don't think they move Bam, but those guys are definitely value pieces that teams will be looking to add and, you know, could possibly move. So I think Miami, they definitely just have to surround Jimmy with a lot more talent around him especially offensively um because he's 32 now he's not gonna be playing 48 minutes a night still for the next year or two and carrying his team through seven game series in the playoffs each year so they're gonna have to find something figure something out to do but i think they're a little high on the preseason rankings which i understand it's the way too early rankings 
uh, but having this, them agree. This is even way, way, like, way too early. Rankings. I mean, season just ended. Yeah. I think they're just so high because of how far they made it with what they do have. Right. You've got to you've got to give them all the respect in the world for even making it to the finals. And they had and, a tough, and, tough road to go through. And this is the second time that Jimmy's done this with this team, you know, where they don't yeah. necessarily expect the Heat to get there, and he just puts them on their back. Um, I mean, he was probably gassed, man. I mean, <laughs> God, he had to have been. Yeah. I mean, especially from that Boston series, having to end up going seven after going up 3-0. At, yeah, plus you play the play-in tournament also. Yeah. So he, he had a tough road to get there, but that, that's that got to be what it is. And like you mentioned, you know, he's getting up there. He's 32 years old. He's not going to be able to continue playing all those minutes like he was in every single game of this playoffs just about. It's honestly a pretty dry free agent market this offseason in the NBA. But there's a lot of potential trades that could make stuff very interesting. Plus, the draft, the top three are loaded. Yeah. With Wemby. Honestly, do the Spurs make the playoffs this year? Dude, I can't even tell you who else is on the Spurs right now besides Wemby. Like, they traded Deontay Murray. Um, shit, Jacob Pertle isn't even there anymore. Um. I know Aldridge retired. <laughs> I know a few guys. Uh, they have a former FSU player, I believe, uh, uh, Devin Vassell. He's still there on the okay. team. Lonnie um, Walker left. He did leave. Uh, they got Trey Jones. I, I'm a big oh, Trey, Trey Jones, Jones fan. Yeah. Um, Aren't you a big Zach- Tyus Jones guy? Yeah, yeah, big Tyus <laughs> Jones guy too. Uh, Doug McDermott. <laughs> oh my goodness, Dougie D. Doug um, McBucket. Devin Vassell, he's there. Zach Collins is there. They have a guy named Kem Birch. Never heard of him. Dominic Barlow, Charles Bassey, Julian Champagne, Trey Jones, Kata Bates-Diop, Romeo Langford, Sando Mamakulavashi, Vasili, and then Gorgian I think you nailed that. I did. I did. (laughs) But, yeah, a lot of – a lot of NBA action that could be taking place this offseason. And the draft is, what, later this month? Yeah, a few weeks away. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, but good to see, like, a new champion, too, like the Denver I, Nuggets. I like, saw an interesting thing. It's uh, It said that since Adam Silver has taken over commissioner, the Nuggets are the seventh different team to win uh, the NBA championship. In David Stern's entire tenure, 30 years as commissioner, only eight different teams won it. And already seven have won under Adam Silver. I'm going to have you guys list off the last nine or ten NBA champions. Okay, so starting this year, it was starting this year, it was the Nuggets. Nuggets. Um, The Warriors, right? Warriors last year. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Lakers, Lakers in, in twenty. Yeah, Lakers. He skipped twenty one. Oh, uh, twenty one was the. Right? No, twenty one wasn't the. Um, was twenty one the Raptors? No, that was nineteen. That was nineteen. Uh, twenty one would have been. The Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah. Beat the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Lakers, and then the, the Raptors. Lakers, then the Raptors, and then eighteen was. The Warriors, wasn't it? Yep. Yes, 18 was the Warriors when they stomped the Cavs, right? And then yeah. 17. 17 was the year that the Cavs won it. Yeah. Well, it? no, that was 16 was the comeback. 16 was the comeback. 17 was also the Warriors, right? 17 was also the Warriors. 16, you said Cavs. Yeah. 15 yeah. was Warriors. Yeah. And then 14 was Spurs. Correct. Yep, so from 2015 to 2019, it was just – or 2015 to 2018, it was just Warriors-Cavs. Yeah. yeah. And 2019-20. I mean, that was peak Steph, Curry, like LeBron. LeBron rivalry, which was just AD absolutely was great. Yeah, it was great for the game. Yeah. 
God, J.R. Smith in that one game. I don't even remember what year it was. <laughs> don't even That's, remind me. That was a rough time for us Cavs fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, Austin Sharon comments. And then the uh, like David Stern era was only like the Lakers, the Celtics are like the only two teams who ever won it. I don't think of the entire 30 years he was obviously well, the, bowl, the, bowls. the Bulls. The Bulls, yes. The bowls yeah, and the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, Bulls in the 90s. Yeah, it was just those three teams. One like one, two. Yeah, so there's four of them. There were eight total. Yeah. Um the Heat. Did the Pistons ever win one? Yeah, Pistons won, won one, one yeah. in the early two thousands. Uh the Heat won one in their in the two thousands. Like so, yeah. He went to twenty fourteen, so he went eighty four yeah, so to twenty fourteen. So yeah, we got Celtics, Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Lakers, Pistons, Pistons, Bulls, 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 Rockets, Rockets, Bulls, Bulls, Bulls. Spurs, yep, yep, Lakers, that was Lakers, obvious. Lakers, Spurs, Pistons, Spurs, <laughs> Heat, Spurs, <laughs> Celtics, Lakers, Lakers, Mavs. Yeah, I thought they were another one. Yeah. Was... So for like the first fifteen years, only like four teams won it. Eighty-four to two thousand, only four teams won NBA championships. NBA, the NBA. That's why the NBA is the worst of the three leagues. It just yeah. is. Speaking of better sports than basketball, uh, I mean, when you, I mean, baseball also had you know a run of dominance every once in a while, like the yeah. Giants in the early 2010s, the Yankees of the late 90s. You could pick a couple of sections of the Yankees. Yeah, obviously, yeah, for the Yankees, you know, historic franchise. But um, when you look at standings now, it's it's wild. So I wanted to bring up just some of the biggest surprises when you only look at the current standings uh so we'll start in the national league the miami marlins at 37 and 30 are the second place team in the national league east like the fourth best team overall yeah they've won eight of their last 10 and are just i mean generally on a, a roll i was not expecting that at all out of them i was expecting kind of a, a mid-level season i think pretty much all of us had them third or fourth in that division i think we all had them fourth yeah i mean yeah. the the east was pretty set except for the middle two teams in our opinion uh which would be the the, the phillies and the the mets we all kind of had the marlins at fourth and then the Nats uh where they are currently now and last but uh I mean the Marlins have just like played good ball like there's really nothing you can say besides that um I want to look through like some of their stats uh arise with a 391 batting average is obviously insane um but Jorge Soler has played out of his mind scored the most runs for them with 35 hit the most home runs with 19 and driven in the most bat uh driven in the most runs with 38 so he's really uh, stepped up offensively. Um, and then Jazz Chisholm's playing a great center field, which we all thought was going to, I mean, be possible, but we figured it wouldn't happen necessarily this year. And we figured it would take from him offensively. But, um, I mean, he leads the team in steals. His batting average isn't too hot, I don't think. But, uh, you know, with center field, you care more about the defense, to be frank. Defense is so big at that position. The biggest surprise, honestly, on that team probably is Sandy Alcantara just not being a good pitcher this year. (laughs) Yeah. I know. We all had him as a potential ace in that division. I mean, he was by far and away the best pitcher in baseball last year, like National League or American League. Had one of the most dominant seasons pitching in recent memory. And this year has been, I mean, Nothing short of just horrible. Uh, he's got a two and five record with a four seven five ERA. Mm-hmm. That's just like that just won't cut it. And I this team's going to be so dangerous if Sandy gets on track because if he you know reaches even up eighty percent of what he was last year, this team I mean, might be able to win the division with with. You know him at the helm. Yeah. I, I think that's possible. 
Another guy that's kind of been under the radar a little bit offensively for them is Brian De La Cruz, hitting nearly 300 so far. Um, and that's a guy who's been a wild card for them in the past few years, and he's kind of stepping up and getting on base a lot. So, yeah, got to tell you, I I took a I took a lot of him in my like underdog uh, drafts this year, and uh, that's mm-hmm. paid dividends. I'm winning two of the I think I'm in five leagues. And I'm in first place in two of them, and he's definitely been contributing. I'm glad he's having a good year. I, I like him as a player. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about the NL East, I want to, if you guys are good, I want to flip over. Well, not flip over yet, but I want to talk about the New York Mets as well. Yeah, I'd love to talk about the Some Mets. Some of the struggles yeah. that they have had so far, especially with that pitching staff that they banked on, basically, to, you know, roll them into the playoffs. Scherzer and DeGrom, or Scherzer and Verlander, have not been up to standard so far this year. That's putting it lightly. So what are your guys' thoughts on the Mets? I mean, they bank, like you said, so heavily on bringing in, you know, these big-name free agents to revitalize the bullpen, especially after losing DeGrom. I mean, they were expecting these two guys to take over in that, you know, ace spot. And, I mean, they're not getting any real dominant production out of either of them. Both of them coming off of great seasons like Sandy. So, I mean, it's, it seems like a lot of pitchers are kind of struggling this year that we expected to to do really good. So I don't know if the, the ball is different this year or if, you know, the spin rate is just really starting to affect them again, the spider tack, whatever. Uh, but this Mets team has got to figure something out in the, the pitching staff because I mean, right now they've lost two of their last eight. As of right now, they're not playing great against the Yankees. I mean, it's just a. I think they had like a four or five run lead that they've blown already. Yeah, I mean, it's been rough. Yeah, and they're down seven six now. Yeah, there's a horrible run of games here, and I mean, the offense seems like it'll do great for you know a couple innings, and then just completely die off again for you know two three games at a time. So. I don't know what the issue is going on up there in New York, but this is definitely not the team that any of us expected them to have. I would think that you have to think the pitch clock has had to have played some role in the mental aspect of the pitching staff. But I mean, see, you look at last Scherzer, year, Scherzer's always walked, worked fast. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. So, I mean, I don't know if it's just a mental thing now, but I mean, these are veterans. It shouldn't be a mental thing at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, also, Pete Alonso going around the aisle now for a few weeks with a messed up wrist is going he was to one of their really league. affect that offense. Yeah, he was one of the few bright spots right there. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's move on to the Central, where, uh, as we all predicted, the Pittsburgh Pirates are on top. Uh, they cooled off. I mean, they started off the year super hot, and then they cooled off. Uh, but they, they've kind of picked their, their stride back up now. Um, and they're barely hanging on to the lead. They have a like a one game lead on the Brewers, who I think most of us had, you know, top two in the division. Um, what's just as surprising, honestly, is Pittsburgh leading the division are the Cardinals down at the bottom of the division. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals season has been really, really poor. It started off bad and they have not seemed to find any sort of stability in the pitching staff or in the lineup. Uh, I mean, Arenado kind of got it going for a little bit, but he's cooled back off. Same with Goldschmidt. They've lost two or they've only won two of their last 10 games. Uh, It feels like this is kind of a lost season for the Cardinals at this point. I would agree. Um, You know, early on this season, it seemed like the pitching staff was the main issue. And kind of once they got that corrected, they'd, probably get back on track, but now the offense is basically completely left as they're, you know, basically not even scoring three or more runs. Um, last two weeks, they've only done it four times in 16 games, um, scored more than three runs. So when you allow, you know, when you have a starter ERA between five and six and you only score three runs a game, you're not going to win anything. And 
The Wilson Contreras signing has been a disappointment. They've already moved him away from catcher or tried to at least. The Jordan Walker situation was frustrating because you get a guy who's so young on your opening day roster and then he's figuring it out and you send him back down to AAA. And you know, I think he's back up now, but he is, yeah. That's just like what are you doing if you're gonna bring the dude up and then send him back down once he has his first, you know, up and down part of the season? That's it's not gonna do anything for him. And uh they're 13 games under 500 at this point. They're losing to the Giants right now, and it's just it's just ugly. Plain and simple. Ugly is a good way to describe it. Um and then one more team. I mean, the Central is just so interesting. Uh, the Reds, who a lot of people predicted to be the worst team in all of baseball, yeah. are playing 500 ball almost. They're 32 and 35 on the season, sitting third in the division. I mean, that's only three and a half games back from the lead. Yeah. Uh, they have a chance of winning this division, and they have to look at uh, what they've done to to perform and the pitching honestly hasn't even been good and they're winning games and Hunter green has in his 13 starts has a one in four record. If he can like be the pitcher that he has the potential to be, or even, you know, a fraction of it this year, the reds will be scary, man. He does lead the team in innings pitched, but I mean, when you look at their pitching staff, they've got, Connor Green, who's made 13 starts. They've got Graham Ashcraft, who I do like a lot, but he's another guy who's, you know, he's the only three and five on the season. Um, and then Luke Weaver. And then it's a bunch of like people who uh, have not have not pitched that much ball. Uh Ben Lively only has five starts. Nick Lodolo, who's one of my favorite pitchers to watch right now, uh, was hurt for a lot of the season. He's just now coming back, I think. But, you know, he's only made seven starts now. Um, and then they have they only have those top three guys who I mentioned who have made 10 starts. So if they can yeah. figure out a stable pitching rotation, I think the Reds are honestly um, going to make a push to win the division. Well, they just called up one of their next top prospects as well, Andrew Abbott. Um, he's got 11.2 scoreless so far in his first two starts, so. He could be a guy that could kind of stabilize the back end of that rotation as well. Yeah, I mean, you hate to rely on a rookie to do it, but if right, that's yeah. what it takes, then, you know, all for it. Um, and then offensively, um, when you look at who their uh, leaders are at the plate, I'm going to sort this by WRC+. Plus. Ellie De La Cruz obviously just got the call Sorry. up and it's been absolutely electric, but you know, he's only got seven games. So I don't want to talk about him too much. Uh, the guy I like to talk about here is TJ Friedel, who has played only 45 games of their what, like 68 at this point or something like that. Uh, but in those, in that time frame, he's biting up at 314 with a 123 WRC plus, which is like super nice. And then Spencer Steer, the young player who's having a really good season, Jonathan India, who's honestly like a veteran on this team, even though he won rookie of the year in what, 2020, I think he went in the shortened season. It was 20 or 19. The year no, before. he won it. Or... He won it in 22. No, that was last was year. He did win in 22. He wouldn't, he either 2020 he or 2021. It might've been 2021 then. Yeah, it might have been twenty one. Um, but yeah, I mean he's a he's a young player, but he's honestly like a veteran on this team. Without, I mean, they don't have Joey Votto right now. They're gonna get Joey Votto back at some point, I think. I mean, that's not for sure. He's, what is his recovery? Or I don't know. It's he's been out, and there really is not a, like a good solid timetable from all I can tell. But uh, Ellie De La Cruz has really been electric for them. Definitely one of the most exciting players in baseball, like instantly. He immediately comes up and looks like a left-handed Ronald Cooney Jr. Obviously yeah, I was going playing I was gonna mention Ellie right now is the most fun player in baseball to watch. I know he's only played oh, seven yeah. games or whatever. He's the most fun player in baseball. He hits the ball hard and he runs fast. Like uh, I mean, the wave of that style of player is here because you got you know Acuna leading the charge obviously but Corbin Carroll 
does the same thing. Corbin Carroll's got like what 13, 14 bombs. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like dude's got really pop. Like five eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean then Michael Harris won rookie of the year last year. He's had a down year, uh-huh. got hurt a little bit at the start of this year, kind of starting to uh getting back into the swing of things. Um Julio Rodriguez. Julio Rodriguez, that's what I was gonna mention next. Luis yeah. Robert. Um you know, he's kind of having it finally having his breakout season. Um, Ellie O'Neill Cruz, who's not related to Ellie De La Cruz, but uh, yeah. they both look like they were made in the same lab. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I mean, that's that power speed combo is is kind of what's driving the league right now, or it looks like the way the league's headed to with you know, bigger bases, pitch clock, limited pickoff moves, steals are emphasized. And um, you know the home run ball has been, you know, increasing in popularity over the past you know thirty years or something like that. So uh, yeah, power speed combo is the way to do it. Uh, you mentioning Corbin Carroll uh, kind of made me want to talk about the NL West. Yeah, let's bit. let's head over to the West. I mean, who who in their right mind picked you know Arizona at this point in the season? To be four games none, ahead of the none Dodgers. of us. <laughs> yeah, I promise you, there was none of us. <laughs> Not a single. I mean, forty-one and twenty-five. They've won eight of their last ten, I and mean, they are just dominating right now. And a lot of that is due to Corbin Carroll coming up and playing so well as a rookie. I mean, that power speed combo that you were just talking about is absurd with him. And that uh, that big contract before really ever seeing him play. Uh, looks like it's checking out a lot more now than yeah, absolutely you know, anybody could have hoped for. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good team down there in the desert. Um, I think the the league's kind of on notice at this point. They are legitimately like four games up on the Dodgers right now, playing fantastic baseball. Corbin Carroll looks like he's like an MVP candidate with a one sixty four WRC plus, playing almost. If not every single game, I think he might have played every single game so far. Thirteen home runs, yeah, nineteen steals. Games. Has that ten percent walk rate that we all love here? Batting three thirteen, on base percentage three ticks short of a four hundred. He's and he's his slugging percentage is eleven ticks short of six hundred. I mean, it's it's really incredible. He's and he's got like I think one of the top wars in the league right now too. Mm-hmm. Three point three. Yeah. And then we talked I mean, about um, Lord Escariel on uh, our mm-hmm. podcast about like players yeah. of the month. I mean, he's a great player. Catal Marte's having you know a pretty good season. Geraldo Pomo, kind of surprising. Sure Walker's not doing too bad. Yeah, he Walker's could, like, average player. up a little bit. But... I mean, just even crazy. even uh, the old man from Tampa, Evan Longoria. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not playing in a whole lot of games. About half of them so far, but yeah, still. I wonder if this will start because they they released Madison Bumgarner. Was he what was holding the team down? I wonder what their record was when he got released. Did he ever get picked up? No, he has not. No, wow. If he has, he's it's in like the minors. I don't think yeah. I know he's not on the major league roster. Okay, that's what I thought. To kind of go off of that, the struggles of the Padres right now, and they're nine and a half games back, second to last in the division. Yeah, I feel like not enough people are talking about like everybody's talking about how the Mets are like absolutely failing in the East, but I mean the Padres are in the exact same situation, fourth place in their division, which they were supposed to be top two in, and you know shelled out all this money, picked up a huge name free agent, you know, in Xander Bogarts, and I mean this obviously isn't on Xander Bogarts. He's been well, he started the year great. He's cooled off since, yeah. but he's still you know a, a good player. I've got like two WAR already on the season. <laughs> Um, you know, Nando has played well too. Like, yeah, I mean, when you look at what he's doing, he's um got twelve home runs. Yeah, their top missed, three are doing fine. Twelve home runs in forty-five games. I mean, that's that's really nice. But uh, I mean, it just falls off pretty hard after those. Obviously, I don't think we mentioned Juan Soto. Um, yeah. we won't mention he him. Given. He's just given. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
you're absolutely right. After those top three, I mean, Jake Cronenworth and Trent Grisham are the only other two that have played in a significant portion of the games. Uh, Manny Machado as well. But uh, none of them are really doing all that great. Uh, all of them right around that, you know, 240 or below average. It's just not, not what we expected. I think Machado's been extremely disappointing. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. been one of the most disappointing players in baseball, honestly. Yeah. Big time. Oh, the, the resurgence of Gary Sanchez. This is like the fifth team he's been on this season. But oh, in yeah. uh, 12 games, he's hit five home runs. So uh, they're having fun with that. We'll yeah. see how long that lasts. Yeah, I was going to say, for now, they're having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, they have they really need to string something together quickly because, I mean, they're, they're lucky that the Dodgers have not played great this season because if the Dodgers – we're also like already at 40 wins like the Cardinals this would look like a much more bleak situation yeah but um since you know they're only they're nine and a half games back but when you look at the second place team only having 37 wins the west and the east are actually almost mirrored yeah the Braves the Braves and the Diamondbacks atop their divisions with uh 40 and 41 wins Second place team with 37, third place team with team with 34 and 32, fourth place teams both at 31 wins, and then last place teams at 28 and 26 wins. It's it's really damn close when you look at uh the difference between the two leagues or the two divisions within the league. Although I guess we can talk about the American League now. Yeah. Starting the East. Uh yeah. We can. The Rays still doing it, man. They're looking really good with Tyler Glass now back now as well. He's been really good since he came back from injury. Shane McClanahan, first one to 10 wins as well. Plus, the offense is still raking my guy, Wander Franco. Yeah, Wander is (laughs) an absolute beast. OG's breaking out this year, man. Yeah, you sure love it. I love it. Yeah. But I mean, geez, they're. Top guys are all just playing so well. And even some of the guys that, you know, I wasn't expect, exactly expecting, you know, a whole lot, you know, like Isaac Paredes, Jose Siri. I mean, both of those guys are just coming in and stepping up when they're needed. It's just everything that could have gone right for them is going right for them right now. And, I mean, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, I, I really don't see right now a team that's got a chance to – catch up to them i mean baltimore being second in this division when you know you've got the yankees you got the red sox who are having a horrible season i don't even really want to talk about them and the games i've seen at the trop this year the trops looked a little rowdy the trop has been rowdy i don't know what I mean, it is but the trop has looked a little rowdy this well, year they see what's going on in oakland and are like we gotta we gotta keep the team here <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Tampa's got a good fan base. They just need a new stadium. They do. I think in terms of like MLB overall, the order of operations is moving Oakland to Vegas, getting that's number one right now. Number two is getting Tampa a new stadium, whether it be in Tampa or somewhere in the surrounding areas. I think it's likely that they they aren't, you know, exactly in well, they aren't really exactly in Tampa or other in like St. Petersburg. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah, I guess. Um, but so yeah, get that thing care would be their second on their docket. And then after that comes the expansion, which I think is is likely going to be happening, you know, sometime in the next decade. Um but yeah, I mean the the rays are great, and I'm glad that they've got fans supporting them, even you know, though you do kind of I mean it's it's nice to have something nice on the field because there's nothing really much else to look at in the trough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the, team, <laughs> the team I wanted to talk about in this division was the Blue Jays. Yep. They're in such a weird situation because they're really not that many games back, even though they aren't. I mean, they are in. Te- there are ten games back, but I mean, Tampa's elevated. I mean, you're looking, Tampa's just you're so looking, far. You're looking for the fight for second place in this division, and. Uh, they're only five games back, I think, or something yes, around five there. Five games back. Uh, Hold on, from quick second update. Place. 
The Mets pitcher just got tossed for sticky stuff. Really? Scherzer again? Or no, no, okay. it wasn't Scherzer. He got taken out before he could get a decision. Okay. Um, Smith. I'm not sure who it is. Interesting. That'll that'll be fun to watch a John Boy breakdown of. Yeah, well, but I mean, Bovichet on the Rays is looking like a true MVP candidate here. He's, yeah, he's coming out and having a great season. I mean, 14 homers, 43 ribbies, 317 average. The only downside is that walk percentage is only a, you know, he just swings under four and a half, but everything. Uh, which... He doesn't have a crazy strikeout rate that you would think with how much he does swing. I mean, it's 17%, which is a little high, but I mean, league average is what, around 15? Yeah, I mean, his bat-to-ball skill is elite, and, and it shows when you look at like hit totals over the past few years. I think he leads the league in hits. Yes, uh, over the past like right now. Well, I think over the past like three years, he's number one. Really? I, I, yeah, I mean, he's he is a hitter of the baseball. That's the professional hitter of the baseball, Bo Bichette. That's That needs to be his job title. Uh, Matt Chapman had a great start of the season. Obviously, cooled off, yeah. but still doing well. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier, a bit of a career resurgence, batting uh, really well this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vladdy Jr., uh, a bit disappointing so far, honestly. I mean, yes and no. He's got a 123 WRC plus. So, like, that's he's still 23% better than the average player. It's Nine just home the, runs. The power is not there that we were expecting from him. Yeah, nine home runs is not where you want him to be at, but he's still driving in a ton of batters. Forty RBIs, the second on the team. I think they'll. I think he'll get it going. I think this Blue Jays team, as a whole, will get it going at some point. They really, it feels like they've played much worse ball than they have, and a lot of it's because their pitching has been super up and down. Jose Barrios finally having a good season. Uh, he had. Or was it two bad seasons? I know it was horrible last year. I can't remember the year before how. I can't remember last year or the year before he was like super bad. But Kevin Gosman, a lot of people had as like kind of, I mean, honestly, Cy Young, like not even Dark Horse. Just a lot of people liked Kevin Gosman to to go win the Cy Young this year. And uh, he's not been up to that caliber this season, although he has had a good season. Um, But we're going to talk about Alec Manoa. Yeah, that's what I was gonna get to. Is uh, yeah, it's that's a remarkable downfall. I hope he gets it figured out because he is a really good pitcher, and the the Blue Jays could really use him. He also, based on reported weight, gained twenty five pounds in the offseason. Ooh, that's not ideal. He was a 260 yeah. last year, and this year they had him listed at 285. He is a big old boy, but uh, did you watch that CC Sabathia um, interview on Pat, yes, Pat McAfee? I did. Yeah, he was an offensive he tackle the pitching the ball. Yeah, he was saying how he, he lost weight um, one year. And, and took he, away from his velocity. Yes, I mean, mass equals gas. That's that's the saying mm-hmm. that I mean, CC was saying it. It's been coined, you know, a, a lot of people have said that before him, but it's true, and uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's trying too hard to get velocity on the ball, which doesn't really look like the case. I remember I don't have his um, baseball savant page pulled up right now, but I think he the only thing that improved from last year to this year was like his extension. Like he's getting, he's releasing the ball closer to home, which I think likely may, means there has been some sort of mechanical adjustment, and that probably is the root of of what's happening yeah but tough save for him i mean yeah i hope he can get it back together yeah just because we were talking about pitchers i wanted to look at the red sox pitchers uh just to see and of pitchers that have thrown at least 20 innings this year can you tell me how many of them are under a three era zero (laughs) we actually have one okay (laughs) And uh, it's Josh Winkowski. Oh, love that. Love that for yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been a, a brutal, brutal stretch for our bullpen. Or our rotation, I guess. And bullpen. You can throw them in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just. 
Um, we can keep the AL Central talk to a minimum. Uh, it's anybody's Sox, division. The White Sox are yeah. underperforming as expected. It's weird to say, but it's like as we as everyone thought they're underperforming, and that's just the White Sox over the past five years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I want to correct you real quick. The Royals are not in that case. Yes, not the Royals division. I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. You're yes. Right about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Royals have 18 wins, same as the uh, Oakland Athletics, who we'll talk to about uh, <laughs> soon. But yeah, let's go ahead and go over there in that division. Yeah. The uh, the A's are on a tear. Why don't we start at the bottom? Because it's yeah. really the top. They've won five straight. Six straight. Six straight, yeah, yeah. Six straight. So they're now tied with the Royals for the least wins in baseball after <laughs> rattling off six straight. And the Royals have lost seven in a row to help them get to yes. that point. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Royals are one in their last – have won only won one game of their last ten, and the Oakland has won six of their last ten. So uh, that's that's how that happened. But uh, Oakland is moving to Vegas. Uh, more news came out today about like how something was passed to get moved on to another vote. Obviously, it's not like set in stone yet, but it's it's the wheels are turning in that direction. Uh, today is actually the day where Oakland's doing their reverse boycott, which is what I'm going to call it. Anytime I buy anything that I shouldn't yep. have purchased is going to be a, just a reverse boycott. <laughs> yeah. I... It's too little, too late, Oakland fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I did, I did see that Oakland is the the team is donating all like the earnings from today's game, which I think is like a good move because that's like they know it's too little, too late. So like, hey, we're gonna do something good with all this money that you're spending on us. (laughs) Yeah, well, they're all wearing the shirts that say "sell" too. So I mean, it's kind of like they're sticking it to them, you know? Like, well, they proven that they were never the issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're that's exactly what they're doing is they're saying ownership's the issue. It's not the fans. Sell the team, stay in Oakland is what you know they yeah. want. Which yeah, really makes sense. Oakland is a great sports city. Great sports city, but they don't have any but, sports teams anymore. Yeah. Golden yeah. State moved out of Oakland. The Raiders moved out of Oakland. And now the A's are moving out of Oakland. Some think the Raiders are still in Oakland. Yes. Rumor. <laughs> Rumor has, has it, it. that their clubhouse is like actually still there or something. Are their mailbox? Yeah. They're they have a PO box still in they Oakland. Have a PO so like, box are still holding down there. Their shipping address is still in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's if y'all could tell me who right now has the highest average on the athletics without. I'll tell you who it's it. not. It's Tony Kemp. <laughs> <laughs> All star favorite Tony Kemp. <laughs> Definitely not Tony Kemp. Uh, uh, it's got to be Brent Rooker, right? No, it is uh, actually not. Is it JJ Blade? <laughs> no, he's at two hundred nine. Is it? Uh, it would be Brent Rooker, but uh, this person has played in eleven games, and so that's probably why it's higher. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, that. it's a uh, Jonah Bride who's hitting three hundred currently for them. Nice, uh, but but Brent Roker and uh, Ruiz are both tied at two fifty nine for oh, yeah. who would actually be. That's sure Ruiz is actually a fun player. Yeah, steals a lot of bags, gets on. He base. Definitely does thirty one stolen bases so far this year. Yeah, he's fast. He is. Yeah, Alemis Diaz is terrible. What's he hitting? Got to scroll down to find him. I remember when he came up with the Cardinals. I thought he was yeah. going to be like the next best shortstop. In 32 games, he has a 204 average, a 51 WRC plus, and a negative 0.8 WAR. Jesus, okay, he's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I would is. say. <laughs> um. Okay, let's talk about some fun stuff in the AL West. Um, Texas. I mean, the Rangers are. One of the best teams in baseball, like straight up, might be a favorite to win the World Series right now. Marcus Simeon's playing like an MVP. So is Jonah Heim. Adolis Garcia seems like he has an RBI every single night. Josh Young's looking like Young, sorry, uh, is looking like he's probably has a good chance to to win um, Rookie of the Year. Corey Seager 
um, you know, still not playing all the games, but uh, has looked elite when he is playing. Uh, I mean, you can just go down the list, and it seems like every single player on their team. Actually, you know what? I, I'm looking at it right now. Every single player on their team who has played at least 15 games has a, a WRC plus of 108 or higher. Like yeah. the team just mashes. Um, unfortunately, Jacob Degrom just got you know shut down for the season. He's getting Tommy John. Um, if Jacob Degrom was pitching, uh, they would be the best team in baseball, certainly. But their pitching staff is still solid, even without Degrom. Evaldi's got nine wins. Uh, John Gray is a really nice pitcher. Mm-hmm. Dane Dunning um, is really solid as well. Florida boy. Uh, Martin Perez, uh, the Heen Dog, Andrew Heaney. Uh, they've just got quality at everywhere you look. And I think a lot of people were making fun of Texas for going and getting DeGrom because everybody's like, what Texas? You're not like, what are you doing? But even without DeGrom, they're looking like one of the best teams in baseball. And it's, I mean, they were, they clearly saw something that they were ready to, to push for, um, you know, winning and it's, it's really paid off. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fun watching these teams that, kind of no one really expected and thought had a chance. They just get that one piece. And, I mean, even though DeGrom is hurt, watching them be so successful has been nice. I mean, I I do like seeing, you know, the same teams. You know, you like seeing those favorites do well. But I like an underdog. I like a yeah. team that nobody expected to do much, just come out and ball out. It's just more fun. Absolutely. Yeah, also, speaking of the AL West, um, the Angels are honestly at a better point right now than I thought they would be. Yeah, but I think Otani might be an angel. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love saying every time he hits a home run, like some social media posts um, say Otani hitting a home run off his future team, and it's just like yeah. the Tigers or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's at he's at what twenty now? Yeah, he has the he's most. At, is he at twenty? Most yeah, home runs in the American League and most strikeouts, second most strikeouts in the American League. I've got his season total over for homers in a parlay. Nice. You know what it was? Forty three. Thirty and a half. What? My God! How <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> That's absurd. The lock of the year right there. I know, but the parlay I have him in, I need Vladdy Jr. over 166 and a half hits. I'm feeling good. He's at 71. And I need Simeon over 153 and a half hits. He's at 79. Yeah, that's that's I like that. Both of those are doable for sure. Yeah. And then I also have Otani and Strider on a parlay together on their season ERAs. Both are currently over, but I'm hopeful. There's enough time to get those down. Otani was at 315 for the season, and he's at 332 right now. Strider's getting roughed up a little bit lately. He was at 317 season long. He's at 380 right now. So he needs to get back to form. For those, those are both two. definitely doable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Strider was supposed to go today, but the game got delayed. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And it did officially Otani's, get delayed. Otani's parlay I picked was one of those prize pick. Oh, like special. Okay. Yeah. 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 Those so are... I took that in the parlay. I was like, I got to take that. Yeah. Yeah. They're giving away money. That one was free money. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Angels sitting in a better spot than I thought they would be at this point. They're they're kind of hot right now, seven and three in their last ten. Um, playing well at home, five hundred on the road. Still five and a half games back at the Rangers, but could push for a wild card spot, especially with how weak the AL Central is. Probably only one playoff team out of there. Um, you know, never know what's going to happen in the East. It could be a two-team race between the Rays and the Orioles. You know, if the Yankees like continue it. to deal with some injuries, you know. And could see three teams from the West go. 
possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Well, um, I think I think we've covered it. All the interesting storylines from uh the, the standings in baseball right now. Yes, that's major league baseball. There's also college baseball. Yes. I wanted to mention now that we have the World Series brackets set up, kinda of wanted to mention uh some things about this. Have you guys been following it? Off and on. Off yeah, and on. Uh, I've been paying attention to uh, a couple of the teams. Um, you know, living here in uh, Raleigh, it's just a stone's throw away from Wake Forest, so everybody's got their you know eyes uh, locked on Wake Forest around here, and uh, they're looking good. All the Wake Forest fans are coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Austin, I know you're not used to watching college baseball this stage of the season and not seeing your team in it, too. So, um, Connor, yeah. your team was in it, won their regional, and then got yeah. absolutely blown out by Wake Forest. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we looked we looked so bad in those games. I, I did watch those, and uh, I haven't watched a game since that, not going to lie. Uh, that was really demoralizing. Well, I'm, I'm used to my guys. MLB team losing, but yeah. the college team. Come on. Credit to you guys. I didn't expect Alabama to make it out of their own regional. I thought Boston College would win it. Um, yeah. But last game was last night of the Super Regionals. It was Stanford, Texas. Did you guys have such to a good game? The end of this game. I, I watched uh, most of that entire game. Um, and great game. great game. Yeah, absolutely. Stanford took a bit of an early lead, Texas uh, made the comeback. Uh, that's a. I mean, that's got to be the worst ending to a game I've seen since that like Yankees pop up that that's the, their second baseman dropped a few years ago. Uh, that was the Mets, wasn't it? At at the yeah, Yankees, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely brutal. I've. I mean, I I know the feeling as an outfielder of like ball goes up and you just don't see it. Yeah, and it's. It, I mean, it's heart sinking feeling to think about that happening and uh yeah I, I can't imagine the feeling uh was a trip to omaha on the line dude yeah yeah terrible terrible end of that game for texas but stanford ends up punching their ticket the final ticket um oral roberts and oregon so two teams that weren't supposed to win their regionals um or in an absolute dog fight <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. great series between those two. Oregon took the uh, regional from Vandy, and then Oral Roberts took it from Oklahoma State. And this was a crazy series. First game, Oral Roberts goes up like 8 nothing. Oregon comes back, wins it, and walk off. Second game, didn't Oral Roberts walk it off as well? Or Oregon walked it off game one. Oral yeah. Roberts walked it off game two. Yeah. And then game three, Oral Roberts took it, and it came down to the last out again. So – their second career appearance or second appearance in history um, to make it here. And then uh, TCU took their regional against their super regional against Indiana state. Indiana state got screwed out of hosting because they uh, didn't expect their baseball team to make it this far and double booked their venues and didn't have the availability to work a super regional they're supposed to host it and uh ended up having to go to TCU and got swept. No, not sure it would make it made a difference, but playing in front of your home crowd versus playing against a powerhouse team like TCU at their place where you know it's gonna be a sellout is is, is tough. And yep. so they ended up losing their super regional. And uh Tennessee took out Southern Miss two one in their super regional as well. LSU swept Kentucky to make it. Wake Forest, as we said, swept Alabama. Florida swept South Carolina. Virginia ended up beating Duke 2-1. to one. So the bracket sets up like this. Eight teams, Oral Roberts and TCU take on each other. Florida and Virginia take on each other. That's one half of the bracket. Other half, which I think is the much tougher side of the bracket, Stanford plays Wake Forest. Tennessee plays LSU. 
honestly, I think LSU and Wake Forest are the two best teams here. Um, so the fact that one LSU of them LSU hasn't here, been playing well though. LSU hasn't been playing well up until the SEC tournament. They turned it on the SEC tournament. Tommy Tanks was out during the SEC tournament. Um, they probably could have won it or at least made it to the final, um, but fell a little short. And then uh, Wake Forest, obviously, has just been dominant all year. That pitching staff is just yeah. stupid. That pitching staff is so good. And then I just hope we see a Paul Skeens, Rhett Louder matchup in Ooh. the World Series. So would that be – that would be crazy – I mean, I think both of those guys right now, Paul Skeens especially, uh, could be the next Garrett Crochet and just get drafted and go straight to the bigs. Well, um, Ben Joyce did it, is doing it right now. Like he's up for the Angels pitching. Yeah, but he played the minors. Uh, I mean, what like twelve games or something like that? Yeah, but I mean, Garrett Crochet didn't step on a minor league baseball field. Yeah, I think Paul Skeens could legitimately do it. Plus, you I got mean, likely number one overall pick, Dylan Cruz with LSU. Yeah. So, yeah. Cruz, I, Cruz and Skeens both look MLB ready. And obviously, it's a little bit different, you know, pitcher versus hitter. But I've never seen a college player with Cruz's level of plate discipline. Plate discipline, he looks like Juan Soto, like just straight up. Uh, well, dude, the dude from Grand Canyon, Jacob Gonzalez. Or um, what's his name? Jacob. I don't know. Jacob something. Only struck out five times this year. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Paul Skeens is would be the ace of the Oakland Athletics right now. Oh yeah, it's not saying a whole lot. It I is. Mean, it is. I mean, he's a college kid, and he legitimately right now would be the best pitcher on at least the A's. There's probably another team or two where he, like the Cardinals right now, would probably be the best pitcher on the Cardinals. He'd probably be the best pitcher on the Nationals, which is probably where he's going to get drafted. No, because um, – Yeah, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore is really good. Yeah. Mackenzie Gore is a stud. If Chris Dale uh, doesn't come back from injury, he might. <laughs> yep, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, and then game one of LSU Tennessee is going to be a good matchup too. Chase Dolander, who's a guy that most people expected to probably be the number one pick this year, heading into the year, pitcher yeah. from Tennessee, hasn't lived up to standards this year. He kind of struggled in the middle of the year with his command. Ended up going like six and six. Um, but he's still probably gonna be a top ten pick. So he'll probably be facing Paul Skeens round one. Major pitchers duel. A lot of pop on both of these offenses. Should be a really good game. And once he gets to Omaha, they're pretty much all good games. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Um but if I had to pick my finals right now, I would pick based off, you know, brackets. I think Florida, I think they have the offense to take out Virginia's pitching. And then I just don't think TCU's balanced enough offensively to really make a deep run in in a series with this much pitching. Um, and then I got to give, I think, the edge to Wake Forest here just mainly because of the pitching staff. They have some good bats as well, um, especially in the top of that order. I think it comes down to Florida Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest will take it, honestly. Yeah, it's having hard not such to a dom- Yeah, having such a dominant pitching staff in college like that just sways it so heavily in their favor. I, mean, I, I watched yeah. both those games against Alabama, and they were just absolutely lights out. And even their offense was just destroying every part of the lineup, was crushing it. No doubt, yeah. And since I know, obviously, the most about Florida, I think their wild card is definitely going to be Jack Caglione, the college baseball Otani. Yeah. Because he's going to be called upon to probably throw a few innings this this tournament. And, you know, yeah, he throws 99, but he's not the most effective pitcher in the world yet. And he's going to have to bring it offensively and probably on the mound a few games or a few situations. So if he can come in and throw strikes and get outs, 
I think Florida's set up good to to make it to the final. <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, that Jacob Wilson kid from Grand Canyon also probably gonna be a top seven, six, six, seven pick. Struck out five times this year in 192 at bats. Struck out seven times last year in 246 at bats. His freshman year struck out 19 times in 182 at bats, but he struck out 31 times in 628 at bats. He has a 5% K rate. That is a ridiculous number, considering that, you know, we see an average and, you know, the MLB hover around 15. And then yeah. what in college would you say is probably closer to 2025? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, actually, I think college would probably be a little lower, honestly. It it varies so much yeah. in college. Like you got guys like Dylan Cruz who literally put bat on ball every every time they get to the plate, and then you know most guys in in D one ball or Power Five ball are hitting around three hundred and up. Like you don't see guys hitting two twenty starting for D one teams, you know. Yeah, pitching usually is the like worse, and yeah. uh, it's it's more of an offensive game. College baseball is. Yep. But anyway, yeah, that wraps up kind of World Series talk. Kicks off Friday, so I'm sure we're going to talk about it next week as well. Kind of get caught up on the action, but the finals are the 24th through the 26th. Um, you know, three game series if necessary, but. That's when we will find out who the national champion is. And uh, my pick is Wake Forest. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. I think you got to go with them. It's just so tough to pick between Wake Forest and LSU out of that out of that bracket, I think. But anything else you guys want to hit on before we wrap this one up? Gary Sanchez homeward again. His, his legendary <laughs> comeback with the Padres, his like 17th team of the year, is – Continuing, which great, fantastic. Can't stand Gary Sanchez, but or the pie or the Padres for that matter. That <laughs> Gary Sanchez, Padres legend. Yeah, this is you know when everybody like uh like puts underneath like any video mm-hmm. of a player ever, it's like Yankees legend or so and so legend, just because they like played one or two games for them. I think at this point, Gary Sanchez is a Padres legend. Hundred percent. Yeah. All right, I'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks uh, for All listening. Right. Go uh, check out the the Twitter at Tricky Takes, and uh, make sure to leave us a review. Later. See you guys. Peace.